Taxes are complicated. Trust the professionals at J.E. Wiggins to be ready to help you. Marriage, new baby, or recently retired, J.E. Wiggins is there every step of the way to make sure you get the best possible tax service. Visit jewiggins.com for a location near you. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello there. Welcome to the Slash Learning yes. Show. She said yes. Again, a brand new life. <laughs> he was from a foreign land. Now they lived as man and wife. He didn't have a lot to give. Okay, guys. Just. Just excuse our, our intro there. Thank you so much for tuning <laughs> into the Sasha Marina show. <laughs> today's show with it. <laughs> uh, today's show with the best movie. Um, obviously, with my with my brother Robert Alfonso, hosted by him, where he speaks about you know behind the behind the scenes, movie news, TV shows, whatever is hot and not you know pretty much in the TV scene. Um, but mostly movies. He's a very big movie enthusiast, and um, and that's really what he rants about. So, um, hey, brother, how you doing? Good. How you doing? I'm good. <laughs> All right, then. So before we get on to the Oscar stuff, which is, you know, the main stuff, let's just uh, get the news out of the way here. So um, okay. now this is this is entirely rumors here, but um, this is, this is uh, concerning the Spider-Man and Marvel-Sony partnership, you know, Sony thing. So in the yeah, official press release... Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the official press release, uh, the Sony Pictures president, um, Doug Belgrad, he, he, he explicitly said Peter Parker would be the character joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But mm-hmm. um, this reporter from The Wrap, uh, he, had, he was on a, on a podcast called uh, Meet the Movie Press podcast, and he apparently claimed, he claimed, and I'm going to read exactly what he said, he claimed that... Um, Based on his sources and everything, that Spider-Man wouldn't be play, wouldn't be uh, played by a white actor. So let me just like you know read what it says. So he said, "This is not set in stone, guys, but I'm telling you right now, Spider-Man's not going to be white." And the other guy uh, on a podcast says, "Really?" And he says, Sp-, and then he answers, "Spider-Man's not going to be white." And he's like, "Is that speculation?" Or he's like, "No, I'm ninety-five percent sure Spider-Man's going to be most likely black, but there's a chance he could also be Latino. Ninety-five percent sure." Not yeah. White. Yeah, that's so, what I was gonna ask you. Is it not white, as in Caucasian? Because I had heard a rumor about some Latino kid possibly being casted. So well, I don't look, know. Let me. Yeah, let me explain to mm-hmm. you. Um, there's there's two there's like two main Spider-Mans. There in this regular mm-hmm. Spider-Man universe, you know, like everyone knows Peter Parker. In the Ultimate Universe, Peter Parker existed for uh, quite a while, but then he, you know, spoilers if you really care about that, but he died. And um, uh, after he died, there was a, a few weeks before he died, there was another there was another kid who got bit by uh, one of the spiders that Oscorp had created. And this spider was a little different, gave him a little bit extra in the powers department, but... Uh, he was more or less pretty much Spider-Man. So he, after after Spider-Man died, a few weeks after, he decided to start doing what Spider-Man was doing with his powers, and he became a superhero. And his name was Miles Morales. He was uh, he was half black and half uh, Hispanic. So that was that, you know. And he's a really awesome character. But the problem I'm having is you you can't have Miles Morales until you introduce Peter Parker. I mean, You're right. yeah, you can yeah, so do it, but it's not something you story. should do. Yeah, I mean, it's not something you should do. It has to be Peter Parker. 
the Spider-Man that's in the Civil War, it has to be Peter Parker. I, I mean, we we all want Miles Morales in the movie, in the movie universe eventually, but we don't want him as the first one off the bat. I mean, I, I just doubt that that's going to happen for some reason, but it could be a possibility. I really hope it doesn't. I think I talked about this already before when when yeah. when this news came out and everything, but now that this rumor came up, and I don't know if it has any you know any levity to it, but I just don't really think Miles Morales is the right choice for the first Spider-Man. It should just be Peter Parker. Yeah, but, I don't think I don't it is. Gonna conf- it's gonna confuse like okay, because there's there's obviously like two types of audiences, the ones that are familiarized well, I mean, with all these stories. But you also have to think stories. about, you have to, yeah, you have to think about that, that this would be the third person that plays Peter Parker in less than 10 years. Yeah. Well, in the past exactly. 10 years. Mm. So having to change it up by getting, you know, a new actor, getting getting a different race and everything and a new character would be an, a good idea, but at the same time, it's kind of a bad idea for Miles Morales. You know, I, so why don't they I, I just, just use Andrew would, Garfield and then kill him off? Just kill Andrew Garfield no, off already. He's not gonna, but you can't do that. Andrew Garfield's not even going to be playing Spider-Man. But you, you're not going to introduce Peter Parker and then immediately kill, kill him off. It's going to be some time before, you know, they, they kill off Peter Parker, in at least in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if that's the, the route they go with. So, yeah. Well, it uh, sounds a little more news. complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so... <laughs> The next bit of news is about Hugh Jackman. It was something funny he said. He says he's going to play Wolverine until he dies. <laughs> so um, apparently he was having an interview, and he says after seeing Birdman, uh, he realized that, you know, he was inspired to say, like, look, I quote what he says. He's like, I said to my wife, uh, the moral is that I should never stop playing Wolverine. I've got to find a way to keep playing him until I die. I know that someday they'll recast the role with another actor. I'd be happy if the role was eventually recast. It would mean that it had become iconic. So, yeah. you know, uh, before Days of Future Past, Wolverine, you know, Hugh Jackman was not sure whether or not he plays, you know, Wolverine again. And after that movie, he said that it's all fresh and he wants to play it. He wants to keep playing um, Wolverine. And now at this point, it seems like he just doesn't want to stop playing Wolverine. And mm-hmm. that's not bad, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Um, that that's that's pretty. It's just pretty funny. I just wanted to mention that. I think that he's no, just given is, he's he's given life to that whole X X Men, you know, franchise. Like he is yeah, X Men. Like the face, yeah, you know he's the I mean? face like, of the X Men franchise, really. You know, like so. Um, so I think um, you know, it's it's very awesome to see an actor so dedicated to a role like that because because many people would just get tired of it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. and it it just becomes part of them, and and then and, and it works. It works for everybody. Everybody loves them. Everybody loves it. Yeah. So that that's good. Okay. So um, so the Wonder Woman movie, uh, Deadline um, was reporting that it'll be it'll start production this fall in 2015. You know, with Gal Gadot playing Diana Prince, which is God, such a bad bad casting choice in my opinion, but. We'll see how that works out. And Michelle McLaren uh, directing the movie. So yeah, it, it seems like it seems like they're, they're they're ready, you know, to start filming. But this is a rumor. This is a, this is actually a rumor. And they apparently even have uh, already in negotiations with a screenwriter, uh, David uh, Fuchs, I think, from uh, the guy who's writing Pan, that movie, the movie that has uh, Hugh Jackman as Blackbeard and everything, that new Peter Pan movie. Yeah. 
but yeah, um, mm-hmm. it seems like it seems like uh, it, this is all rumors. You know, nothing's confirmed, but they might be filming. I mean, it kind of makes sense. I think they. I think this movie's coming out, and yeah, it's coming out June twenty third, twenty seventeen. I guess it makes sense for them to start filming this early, uh, seeing as you know Zack Snyder started filming. Um, Batman vs. Superman in February of last year, and the movie's coming out 2016. So maybe they're going to be doing that, where it's, you know, two years before. Stuff like that. Maybe there's so much crap they need in a movie, they need that much time. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. I mean, we're talking about, like, you know, these caliber movies. Like, I, I mean, I could, I could only imagine what's, what's going into this production, you know what I mean? So um, it probably, as long as it takes its time and then it's worth you know, because, like, I forgot what we were talking about last week, that we were talking about uh, exactly about that, you know, time and production. And then I, I'd rather wait, no matter how long it takes for a sequel, as long as it's good. But then when you have these sequels coming out, coming out every year, you know what I mean? And then you're like, uh, the first one was better than all the rest. So um, I guess it's, as long as it's yeah. good, whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't mind waiting three years until it releases in theaters. You know, I don't think anybody does. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how this, this all turns out. So uh, now this is about the Indiana Jones reboot, or if it's even actually happening. So uh, Chris right. Pratt has expressed, you know, interest in actually, you know, being in this movie. But the problem is he has very busy schedule, obviously, being part of Marvel and everyone wanting him for all the movies ever. He's He's like has given, you know, he said if he'd ever get the ro- the, the role, he, that he'd give it, you know, consideration. Like, he'd be really, really serious. He'd seriously consider being part of the movie. So, you know, there's that. But now uh, Steven Spielberg apparently is would be interested in directing the, the Indiana Jones reboot with Chris Pratt. So he's he would be interested in having Chris Pratt as, you know, take over, take over the role as Indiana Jones and and him directing it, but that kind of doesn't make sense because usually when you remake a movie, you don't get the original director from the first four movies. You know, from the original mm-hmm. movies, you don't get that director. It's not, it's not how you're, it's not what you're supposed to do because <laughs> that's that, that defeats the purpose of a reboot. You're getting fresh blood in here. You're getting new directors and everything. That's the whole point of it. But um, it's interesting. You know, Spielberg is actually interested in doing something like that. I mean, he is busy. You know, directing other movies right now, but. That that is pretty. That's a pretty interesting thought. But I don't necessarily think Spielberg would be the right choice to direct this movie, which is kind of funny to say. But I don't think he should direct the reboot because it doesn't make sense for the original director to direct the reboot. I don't know. Mm-hmm. To you, it does or doesn't? Mm-hmm. But I don't think it does. Um, as long, okay. I guess there's different ways to put this. I think as long as perhaps the writers and all are new. It'd be interesting to see how point of view he puts, you know, um Yeah, but how, still the, what, the whole the whole vision and the whole mm-hmm. I know, but the whole vision and tone and everything in the movie depends on the director. And if you have the same director so, from the first movies then you and and you can't do that. I mean the last movie you directed, last Indiana Jones one was terrible. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, everyone hated that movie. It was it was a very bad movie. So if he did so bad with that movie, that movie, yeah, that movie was so bad bad that it didn't even do like, they didn't even try to make a sequel. They didn't even like. No, yeah, yeah, but the movie was so bad that they're that they're making a reboot. 
That's how bad it yeah, was. Exactly. Like it stopped. It yeah. stopped anything else from from, from continuing in the franchise. So why would they get because, that same director to direct this, even if he's Steven Spielberg? Yeah, because they could have easily could do a Shia LaBeouf with the Sun and all that crazy stuff, and you're thinking like, oh, okay, and then, and then it just stopped. <laughs> it just That's the cool. last of their problems. There, just I think all the crappy CGI was what was. I mean, if it, at least if yeah. it was good CGI, it'd be good. It, but it was bad CGI. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's now, one of uh, that, that all that stuff was starting up though. You know what I mean? It wasn't as hot in the movie to like. Yeah. Use all that stuff, and now you know. Now no, it's like, no, oh, I it's mean, CGI. I was, it okay. was CGI. CGI had existed in movies, you know, before, and no, I, and I, the I, movies, I know like, it had existed. No, mm-hmm. but I mean, like, it had been. That's not the first movie, you know. To, I mean, like, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that during that time, there had been lots of movies already coming out with lots of CGI. That movie just mm-hmm. had very shitty CGI. That was it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that was that was pretty much it. I mean, if Lord of the Rings had that CGI back in 2004, had had better CGI than the Indiana, Indiana Jones, you know, sequel did, then that's saying something. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, um, so uh, it seems like directors are taking the, you know, Twitter and Instagram to be making big announcements. So Zack Snyder went to Instagram and posted, a, I mean, to Twitter and posted a picture of Jason Momoa as Aquaman. And it's a picture of Jason Momoa's Aquaman, and he looks completely badass. He looks like really badass. He just, if you, anybody who hasn't seen it, just look it up. You just look it up on, on the internet. You'll find it. It's friggin' awesome. But the, well, the interesting thing here is that they have the, uh, the word, the words, this, this, this phrase printed over it called "Unite the Seven. And mm-hmm. the seven, it could mean, it could mean, you know, being like "Unite the Seven Seas" or something like that, because that's that was that phrase where people thought about, you know, the world as seven seas because they didn't know that the world was much bigger than it actually was. But it could also mean unite the seven as in uniting the Justice League, the seven members of the Justice League. Maybe that's most likely what it means. <laughs> but yeah. it could mean something else. I I really don't know too much about D C universe, but yeah, that could possibly be what it means. But even though it doesn't matter what it means, we all know there's gonna be a Justice League movie. But what it's cool is just the whole Aquaman look that he has. It's really, it's really badass. What I'm saying, it kind of looks just like he did at Game of Thrones, but still looks badass. So that's cool. Okay. And now moving on from that is back for X Men news. So um, I think I talked about last week how in the Deadpool movie uh, Colossus would be in it. And I was like, oh, this is cool. We're going to get more. Colossus is going to get more screen time because Colossus is actually really awesome. And he has had very little screen time in the X-Men universe in the movies. Like, very, very little. Like, it's it's a tragedy how little screen time he's had because he's a very important character in the comics and he's very awesome. And I don't know why they've just pushed him all the way to the back. He might as well be a background actor. But whatever. So uh, the actor, uh, Daniel Cudmore, who plays who plays uh, Colossus, has uh, taken to Twitter to say that he won't be playing Colossus in the Deadpool movie, that, that is gonna be, he's going to be recasted. And that sucks, you know, because uh, I know he hasn't really had much time to prove or much screen time to prove himself as, as Colossus. And, you know, Colossus is, is supposed to be Russian, and it seems like in the movies he was just either American or something. Mm-hmm. But... Um, well, what are you going to do? You know, I mean, probably they just hope they get a, a good actor who can play this role, a good Russian actor maybe. 
So yeah, we'll see where yeah. that goes. And now <laughs> more about more directors taking a social media to announce their stuff. So Neil Blomkamp um, on on Instagram, he about like two months ago or so, he started talking about um, uh, what's it called, the Alien movies. He was apparently in talking with Fox Studios about making an Alien movie, and. It, he showed the concept art they had, and it all looked really, really awesome. I even talked about it, I think. And it was super cool looking at everything. And we're like, oh, this is so awesome. Why isn't this happening? And now apparently it is happening. You know, Blomkamp has announced that uh, we, on Instagram with a picture of an alien, he says uh, he thinks it's official. His next film is Alien. So his next movie will be an alien movie that has you know Ridley Scott, I think, producing it. And, yeah, that's pretty exciting. I mean, I think Neil Blomkamp is the director you need to bring fresh blood, I mean, you know, a new perspective into this alien, alien franchise because we had Ridley Scott do Prometheus and it wasn't, it didn't turn out so well. So I think Neil Blomkamp is the way to go. You know, direct District 9, Elysium, Chappie, dude, definitely. So, you yeah. Know, you know what I've never understood? Um never understood the storyline of, of, of that of that franchise. Like I, I don't know what's going on. Um the last one that I remember, the only one I remember ever ever really even seeing was the like the last one was like Adrian Brody. That's the only reason why I even saw the movie was Adrian yeah, Brody. Yeah, but that's Predators. That's, that's, like that's Adrian... something else but that's something else entirely. Predator is an alien that's they have else. something yeah. Yeah, so they had alien versus predator, but that has nothing yeah, that has nothing to do with it. I mean, okay. Alien is something separate, you know. Just if I think, I think you have to rewatch the movies, and then you'll, and then everything will make sense because that happened to me. I had seen those movies when I was too young, and I don't remember anything from it. But then I rewatched it, you know, again, and I'm like, oh, now it's all fresh in my mind because I remember seeing both those movies, and I'm like, wow, this was just terrifying for me as a kid, but I didn't really understand what was happening. So yeah, it's one of those things. So you kind of really just gotta it. like it because that that kind of stuff, I, I, like it doesn't really catch my attention. Like if you tell me pick a movie, I'm not gonna pick that. You know, you'll have to tell me like sit down and watch it. I guess it's different. All right. So on to the Oscar winners. So I watch the Oscars in full. I don't really like watching award shows. They really bore me, and they're sometimes very awkward. But uh, yeah, Neil Patrick Harris did a great job at the Oscars. Uh, he may have like two or three hit or miss jokes, but he was really you know, awesome overall. And, of course, he started um, the opening with a musical number because he's Neil Patrick Harris and he loves musical numbers. So that totally makes mm-hmm. sense. And it was really good. It was really good musical number. But anyways, uh, now on to the winners. So for Best Motion Picture, I'm, going, I'm starting off big already. Uh, we had American Sniper, Birdman, Boyhood, The Grand Budapest Hotel, Imitation Game, Selma, Theory of Everything, and Whiplash. They're able to have ten movies for this category, but for some reason they only wanted eight. So whatever, Academy bullshit. But what are you going to do? So I I really expected Boyhood to take this, um, although I really did want Bird, Birdman to take it. But Boyhood, Boyhood surprised us and didn't take it. It was Birdman who took Best Picture. And that was, you know, a very surprising thing, too. And now for uh, the same thing with achievement in directing. You know, I expected Richard Linklater for Boyhood to take it. But instead, it was Alejandro Gonzalez Iñarito for Birdman, which was awesome. Like, each time I was surprised and I was like, yes. Like, I wanted them to win, but I kind of expected them not to win. 
and now you know we had a best performance by an actor in the leading in the leading role, and of course it's Eddie Redmayne. I really wanted Michael Keaton to get it. I mean, I think he really deserved it. But the Academy always gives it to the underdog, the person you least expect. And especially if they did, if if he did, if it was Eddie Redmayne doing his role in The Theory of Everything. I mean, it was such a physical role, not only mentally, but he did a, such a physical like role. Where he had to play a person with ALS, and he had to really yeah. get into just that. Just like Matthew McConaughey, like it's, you know, it was yeah. very when something, you do something that you really like kind that, of like the Academy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's 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 immediately Oscar bait. The Academy just loves you for that. And yeah, uh, he did he did a great job, but I just really think that Michael Keaton deserved that Oscar. But I mean, what are you gonna do? He's Michael Keaton. What he, I don't think it matters if he gets the Oscar or not. He's he's Michael well, Keaton. Well, Best Picture, so it tells you. Yeah, something. he won you Best Picture me? and Best Director, so that it, yeah, it, it, so. they were doing something right if they won Best Picture. Yeah, but it yeah, was, it was a group group effort. It's not just like yeah. it, I mean, they deserve it. Everybody deserves the award, but it, you know, they won it as a whole in this case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now, uh, best performance by an actress in a leading role. It went to Julianne Moore for Still Alice. I have yet to see that movie, but she's been tearing it up every time she gets nominated for that role. So I'm assuming it's that good. I really wanted Rosamund Pike to win it for Gone Girl because yes. oh my god, she was just amazing in that movie. I was just that really hoping they, they would say yeah, yeah, they would say her name. But I was like, Ugh. I mean, whatever. She's an actress who's existed, you know, in 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 like this in this you know, in the in- industry for so long, but hasn't really gotten that recognition she really deserves. She isn't up yeah. there with Julianne Moore. You know, she isn't up there with Re- Reese Witherspoon. She's just that girl you see in that in those movies every now and then. And she's a really talented mm-hmm. actress. But I'm sure she'll get her, she'll get what's coming to her soon. She'll probably get a, she'll she'll win she'll win something. And yeah. now, obviously, uh, the best performance by an actor in a supporting role is had to go to J.K. Simmons. I mean, there was literally nobody yeah, else besides Edward yeah. Norton in that category that that, yeah, that should have gone to. I so I was, you know, I was happy with that. And Patricia Arquette, Patricia uh, of course, won. I don't even think won. that he was expecting that either. I don't even think he No, he was. he was. He was expecting you it. You think so? He knew. Because I think he he's won, like... he, he's won, he'd won in that category for every other award show this year. He went up there, and you can, there was no, there was no surprise on his face. I mean, he was, he knew he knew he was going to win. Everyone knew he was going to win. Nobody nobody expected anybody else. I think the one who was who was surprised, even though it was obvious he was going to win, was Eddie Redmayne because his speech was just was just <laughs> was hilarious. He, he he even squealed. I think at one point. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, and there were. And everybody also stood up, and you see, you know what I was surprised though that Miles Teller. Well, I guess it's that it's, it's different, you know. I guess he wasn't. No, I mean he, he gave he really gave a good performance, but um, it was definitely not going to be an Oscar worthy thing. Yeah. He was not going to win the I Oscar guess. for that, but yeah. So something I want to mention is when Sean Penn, uh, uh, you know, when he started when he started uh, giving away, you know, it was he 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 did the best best picture, you know, best motion picture. Um, category. He was a he was a presenter for that, and when 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 uh when he was announcing the winner, he he said he said who gave this son of a bitches uh, right before he he opened it up he said who gave this son of a bitches green card, and then said uh, Birdman you know Alejandro G and Yurito he won that you know that that uh that uh, what's it called that that category and lots of people mm-hmm. took to Twitter a uh, lots of dumbasses took to Twitter and got really offended. But I guess they didn't realize that they're actually friends, both the director and Sean Penn, because they worked on a movie together previously, 20, 22 grams or 21 grams, I think is what it was. This is a movie they worked mm-hmm. on previously. 
And even after the show, when he was being interviewed, uh, the director, he said that he thought it was hilarious because they were friends, and that's how they joked every time they were together. But automatically, you know, I mean, I'm not defending Sean Penn that much. I mean, Sean Penn's not a great person, but he, his, his joke there was not something he should be uh, he should be torn down for. Just wanted to mention that. But anyways, now going on to more, you know, the speeches tonight were just phenomenal. Everyone who had a speech was just great. Like Patricia, Patricia Arquette, if anybody hasn't seen her acceptance speech, it was some of the best. It was one of the best of the night. So everyone has to go look that up. Is she won for best supporting actress? Which, of course, it wouldn't have gone to anybody else besides her. Like everyone knew that it was kind of. It was kind of like you know both J.K. Simmons and Patricia Arquette. This was our, everyone knew this was happening. Same thing with Julianne Moore. We all knew that they were going to win it. And one and now for the best animated feature, I really hate this category because you the the Lego Movie is not in it. And the box trolls for some freaking reason is. But anyways, what surprised me was this Big Hero 6 won. I was expecting How to Train Your Dragon to win. But Big Hero 6 won Best Animated Feature, which it really didn't deserve. It was just kind of an okay movie. How to Train Your Dragon 2 was a way better movie than Big Hero 6. I wanted Big Hero 6 to be better than it actually was. But it was just pretty, you know, mediocre. It was kind of like just, eh. It was forgettable. It was a good movie, but it just feel it just felt like I've seen it before.Othing different, nothing yeah. new, nothing fresh. I didn't I didn't really enjoy it as much as much as I did How to Train Your Dragon Two. But the reason, you know, the Academy give gave it to them is because the Academy doesn't give a crap about animated movies. And if it's a Disney movie being nominated that year, they're gonna win it. Hands down. Nobody else is gonna win it because they don't give a crap. I mean it was nice that they gave that they gave nominations to movies that, you know, are lesser known, like Song of the Sea and The Tale of Princess Kayuga. I mean, Kaiguya. Kaiguya. Uh, anyways, it, it, it yeah. just, it just it's, it's something that he kind of doesn't give a crap about. And now, you know, best for uh, achievement in cinematography obviously goes to uh, Emmanuel Lubezki for Birdman because that was just amazing. And now, mm-hmm. um, let's see, what was the next? Oh, achieve, best, best original score. And this, I was like, Oh, God damn it, this really pissed me off because I really wanted Hans Zimmer to win it for Interstellar because he really, really did deserve it. It's been a while since he's deserved an Oscar for an Oscar for a score he's made, but for mm-hmm. Interstellar, it was just amazing. I mean, the only one that I thought personally came up even close to, to his score was uh, Johan Johansson for The Theory of Everything. He had a really great score for that movie, but... Hans Zimmer, Hans Zimmer really deserved it, but Alexander Desplat really uh, won it that year for this year for uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel. He was nominated twice for the Grand Budapest Hotel and the Imitation Game, so oh, wow. he had he had more of a chance to win than anybody else. So yeah, so now uh, best is for now is for uh, achievement in you know an original song. Everything is awesome was was nominated of course. They had a performance of it. It was really fun. It was just outrageous. It just felt like somebody dropped acid and just went on screen went on stage. It was just crazy. But the winner was um, uh, what's it called? Um, oh, fucking common, common. There we go, common and uh, and John Legend for for Glory, which was great. They had a really Amazing performance on stage. Didn't they already win already? Yeah, they won. They won. They won in the in the Golden Globes. They won the Golden same Globes, the same right. category. But yeah, they yeah. won, and they even had a really really awesome, um, a, another really awesome acceptance speech. Like wow, the speeches are just 
out of the, out of his world today. It was very politically charged this 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 Oscars, but yeah, his his uh his their speech was really awesome, were really well spoken and and I even liked how common um he was talking about, you know, uh uh the the civil the big civil rights problem and still the problem that black people have today but he, i liked he also mentioned um how how in china people are fighting for democracy still today they they they've been having those protests since last year and it's and it was kind of nice that he they kind of brought that up too so uh yeah it seems like you know every it, it, this um there's still you know a few more speeches left but that i'm going to get to but it seems like everyone everyone was very was very uh very uh politically you know Charged with this, with this, with these speeches, like Patricia Arquette spoke spoke about women and and equal and equal pay. That it's that it's just ridiculous, you know, that we're living in this day and age, and there's still no equal pay for women, which was really nice. Mm-hmm. You brought that up too. Meryl Streep even stood up and started clapping and everything. So there's that. And now for uh, mm-hmm. best visual effects goes to Interstellar, which was I was really happy for it. I really wanted them to win, but I would have also been okay with Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. And now, best adapted screenplay went to uh, Graham Moore for *The Imitation Game*. He also gave a really good speech. It was so so good. Um, he 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 won he won uh, for that you know for that movie. I mean, the movie was apparently very inaccurate. It was it was like they took you know they just had their fun with the with the whole *Imitation Game* stuff. But whatever. I mean, I I, I didn't really want I, that I movie, movie to win. I didn't mm-hmm. want that movie to win, but um, uh, best you know adapted screenplay. But I was oh, I was immediately happy that that guy won, uh, Graham Moore, because he he just it was like he just seemed like so humble when he went on stage and he gave such a good speech that it was that it was really nice. It was really nice. And then uh, best original screenplay goes to Birdman, of course. I would I would have really liked Nightcrawler to win, but Birdman you know really had a had a really nice script for for their movie. So yeah. And that's pretty much it for the Oscars, and uh, it was it was a pretty well, you, it was you, pretty you decent missed, year. Uh, best costume designer was the lady for Bill Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, I mean, I missed um, a bunch of the other smaller ones. I missed all the documentary stuff, but I I just talked yeah. about the big things, the people, the things that people know. I mean, yeah, it was not. I mean, but, I didn't know most of the foreign language films this year. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know any of the I documentaries. Yeah, I was one of the veteran the veteran one one as the. I don't know if it was short documentary or something like that. Something veteran. It was like a veteran call center. It was yeah, it was uh, it was Crisis Hotline best. Veteran Veteran Press One. Yeah. yeah, Veterans Press One. Yeah. But the one who won best documentary feature was Citizen Four, which I was about um, uh, Edward Snowden and <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris made a joke um, uh, about it after after they won. He was like, <laughs> he says he says. Uh, Edward Snowden was not here, was not able to, you know, to accept his award for treasons. <laughs> it, was, it was a really good joke, but Jesus, he would do you know, that every time somebody was, would win something. You know, which I thought was really funny when he goes into the crowd, this is in the beginning, right? And um, he picks out the, the British actor, the Brit that played uh, Martin Luther King in Selma, and then he yeah, says, yeah. These, he lists out all the movies, that all the sequels that have died or whatever, like this year, he starts. Yeah, you know, yeah. It was talking. He was, he was, he was and then joke. he says, "Yeah." And then he's like, "And then Annie, like the remake of Annie, like that's it. Like there will be, there will be no more Annies." And he, I guess, he tried to make it sarcastic. You know, I guess like 
with no, the British yeah, accent. I don't be, know. He, he tried to be, be uh, funny. I mean, the joke funny. wasn't really that good, yeah. but uh, the idea behind it was funny. The idea it was, just wasn't, was it funny, just yeah. Bombed, like, it just bombed when he did it, so, I mean, what but are you going to do? You know what is cool about him? That it's, like, it's not... It's not like a total failure when Neil Patrick Harris bombs a joke. You know what I mean? It's like he just makes the face, and it's like, oh, it's all forgiven. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, all right, <laughs> just don't do it again. So, um, yeah. I think that's right, a great host. All right, we got to start wrapping up. We're going over time. <laughs> yeah, I think he's he's a great host and a, and a, and a you know, great yeah, performer. Yeah, definitely. All so uh, you can never go wrong with him uh, definitely putting on a great show. So um, go ahead and close it out. Yep, so uh, follow us on Twitter. I mean, well, me on Twitter on at the Real Robert AH, and as well as Tumblr, same thing, and on Instagram at Robert Alfonso Hidalgo. And you guys can check our Facebook pages out, uh, Sasha Marina Show, and that's the movie. Good way to stay up to date with our stuff. And uh, also downloading our app on Google Play and Blackberry World, just the Sasha Marina Show app. You can download it, and yeah. And then um, what else? Oh yeah, you can just check out our past, you know, podcast at the at the Sashamina Show dot com and everything, and you can just listen to everything else we've done and come back next Monday for more movie news and that type of stuff. Yay. Most definitely, most definitely. And if you guys, you know, you're not into like downloading so many apps, you know, um, and you don't want to download our app, but you still want to listen to our podcast, you could always like download us on um, iTunes Podcast, I, uh, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, oh, we're available on all those. Our podcast is yeah, on we're, we're we're an iTunes podcast. So um, you know, just I think anywhere you go, just search up the Slash Marina Show. Yeah, should say Slacker Radio. Also, our audio. Whoever uses Slacker. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Those so, three um, people that use Slacker, remember to download it on there. <laughs> So, you know, like Stitcher and I and tune in and um and all that stuff. Like a lot of people have been like kinda using those. So, um either. So thank you so much guys for tuning in and um catch us next week here on the Fashion Marina show. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Charlie's Philly Steaks, now open at Ohio State, where Phillies are grilled to order and wings made to savor. Intense chef-inspired bold flavors, from mild to wild, like Nashville Hot and Dare You Try Angry Ghost. For a limited time, try our grand opening special, six boneless wings, Texas toast, fries, and a drink, all for $7.99. Come and find us at 18th and High Street, Charlie's Philly Steaks, always grilling fresh.